Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 134. Wow, guys. It's, uh, it's the new year. The new year, the new you. Uh, we got some resolutions to talk about today so that we can go back in December and see how poorly or how badly we did. I guess it's, in a way it's kind of a follow-up with our last episode. So are you all uh, busy and happy and enjoying those new iMac Pros that our listeners bought for us this year? <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for the Mac Pro. Oh, okay. And we, we, we've had one sponsor on the podcast, to be clear, and I don't think they'll be sponsoring us anymore because Apple bought them. Yeah. But <laughs> it just goes to show you the the value of sponsoring the podcast. Yeah, if, if you're looking to yes. be acquired by Apple, um, just send us an email and we'll get you hooked up for for your one sponsorship. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do have a quick follow up item, real quick, uh, about the App Store template guidelines. Um, while we were off for the holidays, Apple updated the store guidelines. Uh, they had added a new rule in 426 um, that says apps created from commercial template or app generation service will be rejected unless they are submitted directly to the by the provider of the app's content. Um, basically, yeah. Uh, they, they also said there's another acceptable option for template providers is to create a single app um, and then host all of the client content in like a mega picker app which no one really wants to do and that was kind of an yeah. option before that that wasn't explicitly prohibited but that now that's in the app store guidelines so you need to have your own account for your template apps uh if you're a business that does that um otherwise it's the giant mega app uh and i guess the other thing that kind of went along with this is they are waiving membership fees for nonprofits and schools, so we were like, "Oh, what's a church supposed to do who can't afford to pay an app developer, much less the membership fees or whatever?" So, if you're a nonprofit of some sort, you can get a free uh, Apple Developer Program membership now uh, for your apps. So that's that. Um, so they solve part of the problem, but not all of it. Well, I think can't the these uh, content owners just create some kind of uh, service account kind of thing and share that off to the uh, template companies and those template companies use something like Fastlane to upload the apps to the store for them? Oh, yeah. The, the technical like aspect of uploading them to separate accounts wasn't the issue in my mind. It was uh, the businesses that still run afoul of the rules i guess were what i was thinking of the ones that haven't completely been solved but i feel like this is probably the best we're going to get on this front apple's kind of taking the feedback in from people and they made changes uh i'm not sure what else they would do at this point so i'd, I'd say at this point if you still run afoul of the the template and or uh design spam rules then you're probably stuck and need to do whatever Apple has told you to do, whether you want to or not. <laughs> yeah. It's 
pretty close to uh, pretty close to a good solution for everybody, I think. Yeah, I always get a little bit uh, hesitant when I see an app that's released under somebody else's name anyway. So, you know, I think this is probably yeah, true. a good thing in the end. It just will cause some businesses to rethink their their delivery model. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good enough, right, for the time being. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned Fastlane. Uh there was also a, uh, I think it's still very much in beta, but Fastlane now is being ported to Swift, apparently. So uh, that's kind of. And this isn't just some jokers like saying, hey, I'm going to do my own version of Fastlane in, in Swift. This is like an official, like, uh, Google sponsored project. The Fastlane folks are working on it, right? Yeah. And there's it's in their GitHub repo. And we can include a link in the show notes, but it definitely seems like it's kind of very early, uh, early development. And another piece of news that kind of came out over the holidays or leaked rumor is the notion that Apple will support universal Mac apps, meaning uh, iOS apps would run on uh, the Mac, kind of like how Microsoft supports um apps to run both on their computers and their devices and android apps can run on chrome and and things like that or chromebooks what i'm what i'm hoping this will mean is that we'll get a bunch of new cool controls that we can use on ipad probably mostly but maybe also on the on the phone so that we can make apps that make sense to you know have to be complex enough to run like as a full mac app and it'll be nice just to be able to hopefully hit the compile button and add just add a new mac target and have our ios apps run there too um it makes you wonder if they're gonna just like they haven't updated the mac app store in a long time are they just gonna drop it and they have this new like universal app store that they're gonna throw out from that's based on ios app store we'll see yeah i i suspect that it'll be a while before they would do that just I mean, there's their apps are still distributed through the Mac App Store, but and I don't know how sandboxing and all that would work with the iOS apps. Well, I've got to imagine if it's an iOS app that's built, it would you would have to run under the iOS sandboxing rules. I guess yeah. we'll find out. Yeah. Assuming this is true, which seems pretty likely that it is, it seemed like it was kind of a controlled leak to get people prepared and thinking about this stuff before dub dub um or just maybe to gauge reaction but one of the things they talked about on under the radar was this idea that you could have an essentially an ios app that is signed by a developer but distributed through your website which was kind of a interesting take on this um because it It seems uh, so you're talking about like side loading apps well yeah, essentially, essentially it would come down to that yeah. but today you can sign mac apps and distribute them directly rather than going to the through the store right yeah i would call that a sideloaded app on on the mac but we don't call them that because you could always do, that was the originally the only way to do it and i guess there was no signing either originally yeah um so i don't know if that's I don't know. in in the plans i don't know if you'll have to 
only buy through an official Apple store or if uh, there would be an option to sell Mac apps direct. Um, but it could be interesting. I guess we'll see. So I, I have not listened to that episode. So are you talking about apps that are iOS apps that run on the Mac that you can distribute as a third party on the Mac? Or are you talking about iOS apps that are built with the same framework distributed to iOS devices? I th- I think in this way the episode I think was kind of uh, going all the way to the iOS devices, but I I don't see that happening anytime soon. But yeah, I I don't either. I th- <laughs> that seems very unlikely. I think it would have to be a, a Mac app um, distribution, but so that wouldn't really be any different from what we have now, would it? No, it's just you'd be able to build it as using UIKit as opposed to AppKit. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting what comes of this. I'm sure there's going to be lots of interesting stuff at DubDub this year to dig into this stuff. Yeah, I just wonder how they're going to tackle that because UIKit is very touch-oriented. You know, they they make big buttons and, and things, whereas the Mac... It's very pointer, precision pointer oriented. And sometimes just trying to be, trying to even hit those things with your finger would be terrible. Well, that's because they're coming out with the touchscreen MacBook Pros. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't see that happening. But um, yeah, if anything, it's just going to be like, you don't have to be that precise anymore on your Mac. Yeah. I personally, I feel like. Most of the apps I work on anyway, like I I work in the simulator a lot, so I don't feel like it would be out of the question to for a lot of user experiences to work on the Mac with a mouse and maybe a keyboard. But you know, there are a few things that, a few gestures and interactions that you wouldn't really be able to do. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things that this doesn't work on the Mac, like barcode scanning, perhaps, or, you know, <laughs> even though there's a camera, like it doesn't work in the simulator. So um, it's probably not, wouldn't work on a universal app. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, you could definitely have some kind of other storyboard and compile your app that way. And that would, that would be all right. Well, you could also have like the, you know, the available um, guard to block off certain things that are not available on different platforms. But I don't know. I'm still a little skeptical of this. Uh, Argo seems to think this is a controlled leak, but uh, we'll see as we approach Dub Dub. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if. I, it's gonna. It would take a lot as someone who has you know iOS apps that I've ported to the Mac before, and maintaining you know the separate apps was just not worth it for the market that was on the Mac App Store. And maybe they're hoping to like revitalize the Mac or the Mac App Store with all these influx of hopefully high quality iOS apps. But if it's anything less than like I can tick a button and I get like a phone-shaped rectangle that pops up as an <laughs> as an app on mac os obviously i'm sure you'd be able to do more but 
like if it's more than just like a checkbox i i find it really hard hard to believe that like lots of apps are gonna be on the mac app store and it's probably gonna be somewhere in between but yeah yeah i feel like the phone shaped check (laughs) or the phone shaped window on the mac is just not gonna not gonna do it yeah well i i assume that like like any Mac app, you can specify like a fixed window size if you want to. And but I imagine like the default is just going to be like you're going to get a resizable window maybe. And hey, hey, hopefully everyone uses size classes really well and it just adjusts with those. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Bet we'll bet we'll see some new size classes though if that's the case for the <laughs> 27-inch displays. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, regular. <laughs> yeah, ginormous now. Yep. <laughs> Let's get on to our our tech goals here. Alex, do you want to start us off here with yeah. your top tech goal of 2018? Yeah, so for... Well, well we have to rank them? I didn't have a <laughs> ranking. I just put them on a list. Well, I figured the one that came to you first is going to be your most important to you. Uh-oh. All right. We'll see how this goes. Go ahead, Alex. So for listeners that are new to the podcast, this is kind of an annual tradition to to put our New Year's resolutions uh, for our tech skills up here um, to hold us accountable <laughs> to some degree. Um <laughs> Though we didn't do a great job last year of hitting our goals. Uh, we did better this year than last year, I believe. Yeah, I yeah. felt like we all got like two out of two two to three out of three ish. Like two point five yeah. out of three, I would say maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think we're getting better at lowering the lowering the bar here. But Yeah, we may just be like setting expectations better, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so um you know, one of the top things on my list for this year and I kinda started on it a little bit at the end of last year is refresh my server-side skills, development skills. Um, I've done a lot of different technologies on the server-side, but very mobile-focused the last several years. So I want to kind of pick up Kotlin and the latest Spring and, and yeah, UI frameworks to kind of start building more server-side solutions to go along with our mobile apps. Uh, we do that today. It's just not, not a... Our primary focus we we focus on the mobile side of things well if you're going to stick with kotlin you might as well use their nice little uh tiny web server that ktor framework yeah it you know server-side frameworks even within kotlin there's already half a dozen or more different frameworks and ktor is probably great for creating a an API or, or something really quick, um, but it's not necessarily as robust as some other things. So things like authentication and such, I don't think are built in. So yeah, it's it's usual stuff in Java. Of now you've got to figure out which frameworks to use and <laughs> um, do you want to go heavy on Spring or or keep it lean and light? And kind of depends on the project. Yeah, ten years ago I was bullish on spring and i feel like it's 
it's done done something like Ruby on Rails where it started out nice and simple and, and usable and became the the mega beast that it replaced. Yeah. So which is the nature of frameworks. Yeah. Which is why I'm yeah. always hesitant to say I'll I'll pick this one because it's lightweight because eventually it's either gonna die off or or it's gonna get become super too bloated. bloated. So Yeah. Um I I try not to get too invested in any specific web framework. Yeah. Argo, how about you? Also, I, I think there's an interesting trend here. Last year, you had that same goal that Alex just had. Um, and I have, I'll call this a similar goal. I, I switched around the order since it's kind of meshed with what Alex was saying. But I had figure out containers on my list. And that's essentially just like, refreshing my server-side skills because our apps you know have a server-side component um but a lot of the maybe this is just the infrastructure side of what alex was talking about but like if you're if you're doing server stuff these days it seems like everyone's doing containers whether it's kubernetes or um docker or whatever container service fancy name you're provider has uh but that's it's one of those things where when we're doing server maintenance it's kind of a pain oh we gotta you know do all this stuff and we have checklists and we have scripts and all this junk but um it'd be nice to have containers figured out so that it everything is actually just like a just hit a button and spin spin something new up and it probably won't end up being that simple i'm sure in the long run it, i'm sure there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's going to go along with it but it's been one of the things i've been meaning to figure out for a while Ho- hopefully just to make things easier um so we'll see how that goes yeah i think that's a, a noble goal <laughs> noble what does that mean <laughs> well it's always good to to automate your deployments and whatever you can and if you can just have a Docker file or whatever the the equivalent Kubernetes thing is. Kubernetes is more of like a, a orchestration engine on top of a container. So when you need to coordinate, like I have a database and I have a web server and all these other containers, a message queue or whatever, Kubernetes, I believe, is supposed to help you with that kind of thing. And it's built on technologies like Docker, I believe, but not necessarily Docker straight up. Yeah. All the documentation about this stuff seems to mix it all. And and as far as I'm concerned, it's just this giant blob of like, hey, we have containers over here. They're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So. Well, yeah. And I know that there are people that even use containers for development. And that's a pretty powerful thing if you can just say download a docker file and now all of a sudden you're running some kind of container that has everything you need to create a project and work in that yeah. environment one thing that is nice about being solely like in the apple world is that for the most part like if you start a job it's like all right you need xcode and your mac and maybe you need to futz with like Cocoa Pods or something, but it's pretty straightforward to get set up. But I remember like other jobs I had, 
it, it would take like I don't know a couple days to get everything set up and and running you know just to run whatever thing you were wanting to work on or get all the the junk installed so yeah it yeah it still does take a while to to get a new machine completely set up even with the that select set of tools it, there's I feel like it's I feel like it's easier though in the iOS world. I mean even compared to like Android Studio you have to get Android Studio installed and then you take like 3 hours downloading all the Android SDK junk so yeah yeah it's it's a hell of a lot better than say switching out 18 floppy disks to install your IDE yeah you've come a long way <laughs> number number 18 is corrupted and you're you're uh, out of luck so yeah i'll take downloading a few hundred or a few gigabytes of stuff versus all those floppies any day yeah but containers they seem cool i want to figure them out so that's my first goal <laughs> all right Sounds about good. you sam uh so this is a little bit of a revisiting a goal that i've had in the past um i have spoke at some conferences but i haven't done that in a while you know, i've done the local user group here our, our coco dev group and, and uh, some of the other groups in the past too but i want to get back out and speak at a conference again so not sure of the topic yet but it's uh just something I feel like I need to get out there and do again. It's a personal development kind of a thing. It sounds fun. You you really have no idea what you're going to talk about, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might tie into some of my other goals this year. Yeah, I spent today messing around with Kotlin Native. Oh Try no! <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to. I have an idea, and I want to kind of. It's a thing that is based off of the whole flux redux kind of thing. And I want to try to work that into a Kotlin library that can be shared across um, iOS and Android. And there's, there's some shortcomings. I feel like that redux and, and flux in general have for when it's based on a, or when it's running on an app on a phone versus just in a web browser. So I have some ideas there. So um, what would the name of this new framework be? be? Do you have uh, a name for it yet? Preliminary name. I don't yes. know that it's, <laughs> you got to have something, stick, but yeah, I had to have something to create a directory. So what's the name? Pistachio. Pistachio. Interesting. Yeah. It's, why why pistachio? Um because I'm not very creative at naming things. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's the lamest explanation I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Well I you know, I try to do a little bit of research on like Kotlin Island where Kotlin is named from and there was some... So you had you had a reason, okay? Yeah. Well, there's no pistachios, as far as I know, growing there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you attempted to do some research for a sweet name, yeah. But you just you gave up and went with pistachio. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe vodka or something, but no. 
All right, well, let's not talk too much about your other goals. Let's go back to Alex and see what his next goal is. Yeah, so we'll get there. Kind of in line with Sam's goal for uh, speaking at a conference, uh, I'm, one of my goals for this year is to do more uh, blog posts. It's been kind of like feast and famine on time-wise to, to focus on, on writing. Um, more often than not, it's I've got no time, but... Hopefully this year I'll be able to budget a little bit more time to put some posts out. Yeah, you got to get your employees to make some posts too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've, <laughs> they've been pretty good about it, but definitely something I want the whole team to to do more of. Uh, in a lot of ways, like whether you're presenting at a conference or writing a blog post, is it? it's a great way to kind of force yourself to learn something new and kind of expand your knowledge portfolio and share with others. Yeah, definitely. And I always figured that there's no better way to learn something than to have to teach it. Yeah, exactly. So where, what, what blog is this going to be on? What, what blog should we all add to our RSS readers that we all still have? Uh, Atomic robot is uh, where I do most of my posts. Okay. I'll put a link in the show notes then so people can hold you accountable. (laughs) (laughs) It's easier if other people hold us accountable rather than us holding each other accountable. Yeah, we're not hard enough on each other. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Argo, you're up. All right, so my next item on my 18... uh, goals are ship a new app for my company a star software we've got one in beta now um i'll probably put a beta link in the show notes if anyone wants to beta test it uh so i i'm hoping that this one (laughs) should be a fairly straightforward one to complete in the early part of the year um but yeah we've got a a new card game app coming it's a solitaire app. Um, so solitaire is one of those games that everybody likes to play. So I'm sure our listeners will want to beta test and tell me about all the crashes and bugs that they find. Uh, so I can fix them. That is, that is the the current push. So I want to get that out there. Um, so, yep. What about you, Sam? What's your next one? I feel like in a way having a goal is to ship an app that you already have in beta. Uh oh. That's <laughs> that's um that's a low hanging fruit right there. Right. Well, like I said, I didn't want to get assigned a goal like I did last year. Um but also our company has not shipped a new app for an like a completely new app I don't know, for like four or five years we've ported apps to to android which took a big chunk of time um but it'll be a big thing us for for us to ship a completely new app i think yeah we still got some work to do so and interestingly you guys went with unity so you're basically shipping two new apps we are yep ios and android compatible and i guess it wouldn't take a lot of work to put that on steam 
Yeah, probably not, but I don't know if, if Steam would be a great target market for a solitaire app. No. Don't, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's solitaire apps <laughs> that are out there on Steam. Yeah. Um, but but we, we have, it's kind of a known market for us. We know how to market and, and stuff like that uh, on the iOS App Store and Google Play for Android, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wonder how how much more effort that would take. Maybe maybe it's something worth investigating once you get this thing out the door. Potentially, you can bug me after we've shipped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, for me, it's uh, in the same theme as shipping an app. You know, I've shipped an app late, well, mid to late last year. And now I've shipped a couple updates for it, but I've got some good ideas for it. And I think now is really a great time to take advantage of the the lull in activity since it's so cold. There's not a lot of people playing Pokemon Go right now, but as things start to warm up in the spring, and it'll be good if I'm ready with new features for all these users that'll be coming back to the game. So ship an update. And I don't know, possibly another app again later in this year. I just want to be clear that you gave me crap for saying I wanted to ship a new app, but you just set the bar at ship an update to your <laughs> app. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, it's been really hard Granted, for me to find the time to to work on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just giving lately. you a, a hard time. This is this is like a side side thing for you. This is not your day job, so yeah, it's. It's a it's a whole different ball game when you're doing that. Same. I mean that's why it took me like five years to to make my my apps my day job. Yeah, and before when I was working from home, it was a lot easier to you know, shut down, make dinner, come back, and put in a couple hours or so. And it's now that I have a commute, that it definitely makes it more difficult. So you're blaming me now. <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't gonna go there <laughs> well there's your location my location somewhere in between yeah it, it definitely does help to not have a commute that's for sure although not having a commute can can make you go a little stir crazy as well so there's there's a happy medium in between i think oh yeah it <laughs> I'd say it took me a good two, three months, really, just to get used to working from home. And even then, it wasn't all that great. Uh, the work was pretty decent, but just kind of getting into that idea of you're not seeing a whole lot of people during the day. And you know you have to go out of your way to communicate with people on Slack or something just so you can touch base and know what's going on in a project yeah it's definitely harder to be a remote worker it takes it takes an adjustment yeah i did that for several years more than than not i i like working in the office with with the team uh, but there are some things about working remote that i that i miss but uh kind of going on to my third and final uh, goal for the year is uh, automate all the things. So I spent a lot of time this past year improving a lot of our internal operational processes, 
uh, moving to new tools or or bringing in tools that we didn't have before around like HR and um, new phone systems, things like that. So this coming year, it's going to be more focused on automating those processes and connecting them together. So uh, a lot of the, the busy work that we have today uh, won't be so manual. Uh, it can be a little bit more seamless, a little more uh, professional and, and uh, streamlined. So do you have like an example of what that means? Uh, things like uh, onboarding employees, onboarding new clients. So there's a lot of things that have to happen in order to start a project. You know, how can we streamline that that startup uh, of a project? You know, getting access to things like uh, developer portals and source code and, and such. Um a lot of opportunity to automate that and make it a little bit smoother. Yeah. Just, I would say even just uh, getting some kind of process where you can add a new employee to your, to your Google apps. And then that flows out to harvest and all the other things that the company uses is a big win for, for a team. Yeah. So, Pretty much all the tools have an API, so theoretically integrating them shouldn't be too difficult. But uh, yeah, you can hope it, someone's already done it. And you just need to enable a bunch of plugins, but <laughs> that may not be that simple. Uh, and the, the plugins, it, you end up having this third-party kind of plugin solution. But yeah, it's it's definitely doable. Uh, just hoping that we could. Uh, streamline that and you know as the team grows it's becoming a little bit more laborious to manage all the accounts and all the tools for everybody and um you know bringing new clients in making sure it's a smooth transition for for everybody regardless of who's doing it yeah you don't really have this problem but in a company where there's turnover you know the whole automated provisioning is great but even better is the automated deprovisioning so that you know, somebody doesn't autom- accidentally walk away with credentials that you forget about for a long time and you know they're they're downloading your source code or or doing whatever that the that they still shouldn't be doing as a ex employee yeah yeah we haven't had uh we haven't had any turnover yet so uh, we'll uh cross that bridge when we get to it but we do have a checklist of things to do is if somebody were to leave yeah that's good all right argo hit us up with your your last goal of the year all right so this is the one i had to come up with on the fly well i guess i came up with all of them on the fly but <laughs> um my my final goal is more a more ambitious one it's to ship a non-card game app that takes more than three days to create. Uh, so it's. So you're ruling I, I out GiveCamp. I'm ruling. I'm ruling <laughs> out the GiveCamp app because I know that'll probably happen anyways, and I feel like that's a cop out. Like last year, that was my goal. I think was to ship a ship Swift or something like that, and we used our GiveCamp app to count that. And while I enjoy GiveCamp, uh, and it's I feel like that doesn't really 
cut it as like having actually done something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's a good experiment. It's yeah, it's a good experience, and it's you know it's helpful for the charities or whatever. Um, but like doing something like a three day version of something is probably just going to be a very simple cut down thing or just uh, not as good as it could be version of a thing that doesn't count in my book as far as like making it a year year long goal (laughs) does that make sense yeah but in defense of working on a gift camp app i think you put in roughly a week's worth of time in a weekend that's true um but yeah i just wanted to i just wanted to force myself to I don't know what this app is going to be. This is not like my last goal, which is like I have an app in mind. Um, this is a it's an app that's not a card game. It could be another game or it could be, you know, something different. But I yeah, so, I just need I want to ship something. I don't know what it is. Would you release this under the A star umbrella or your own? I don't know. It depends what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you had a specific target in mind. Like I literally have no idea, so that's that's why I'm calling this more of an ambitious thing. Oh. <laughs> it's just like an aspirational, like I'd like to do this. I don't know <laughs> what it's going to be. All right, well, I'll we, kind of. We got to get our listeners to chime in. Yeah, if you that. have ideas for for my next app that I am passionate about, uh, feel free to drop drop us a line and. In the Slack, you can get yeah. your invite. Was it <laughs> chat.sharedinstance.com to get That's the invite? Right. Yep. So yeah, That's last awesome. year, Alex and I gave you a goal. This year, we're going to have our listeners give you a goal. <laughs> oh, Siri, what are you doing? So yeah. So yeah. This year, I don't. I don't necessarily listeners. have to. I don't necessarily have to use an app idea from from slack but <laughs> well you you may want to. if you have something maybe yeah. yeah maybe it'll be something with all these cool new ui elements that we're going to get hopefully at dub dub for our mac ui kit apps or whatever they're going to be called <laughs> project marzipan well bringing your apps back to the mac would be in theory easier uh but yeah like i said unless it's I... just like ticket check mark yeah like there's there's not much benefit to bringing them there, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I should definitely right. do something with blockchain. <laughs> something blockchain related, okay. Yeah. Okay, what about you, Sam? <laughs> uh, I can't top blockchain. That's the new hotness, right? No, it's where have you been? It's like that was 2017. Well. It was the new hotness for a lot of people in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It wasn't new in 2017. But what's what's yeah. your uh, final final goal, Sam? All right. So for me today, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier on the show that I was exploring some stuff with Kotlin Native, and I want to keep following that and seeing where that's going. Yeah, it's it's definitely early days, you know. It, I've gotten into probably uh, four or five hours, maybe a little more, uh, of uh, playing with it today. And I'm really still trying to get past the Gradle part. <laughs> so I'm not that far into it. I got a little Hello World that I can compile into a framework and 
Wait, you have to do Groovy to do Kotlin? Well, Gradle, yeah, Groovy. It, Gradle doesn't really feel like Groovy. It's Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ironic, I think. In order to do Kotlin on a different platform, you need to write some Groovy. Yeah. There's, there's definitely um, a lot of things, I think, that Kotlin Native will need to, to bridge. Notably, it doesn't do any, uh, what was it, the where the compiler will not recompile everything. It doesn't cache any kind of compiled output right now. So every time I compile, you know, I'm compiling these same two files, which is fine. But as as the project grows larger, it's going to be like Swift 1.0 days where the co- compilation would take 20 minutes or something. And that's for a large project. And that's not going to be good. So things like that, Kotlin native is really going to need to uh, step up its game on. But the JetBrains guys, they're really working hard on this. They've got a lot of work to do, but they've covered a lot of ground since they announced this, I think, back in April of 17. So it's it's got a lot of potential, and I want to keep, keep my finger on the pulse there, maybe even ship some... Uh, cross-platform frameworks for it that I can use in my own apps. It sounds like you've already, like it's 2018, you've already been exploring Kotlin Native. So like what what is the what is the determining factor to whether you've completed this goal? Hmm. <laughs> I guess it's not the best goal in that it doesn't have a defined end, right? A defined outcome. It's not a smart goal. Do you remember those? <laughs> <laughs> those are awful. Bring me back to my big company days. But yes. What does SMART stand for? <laughs> Achievable is in, in that acronym somewhere. Measurable. It's definitely not measurable. It's specific, measurable, assignable, not achievable, oh. realistic, and time-related. Okay. So you have time-related. It's realistic. It's assignable. It's somewhat specific, but not very measurable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well... Shipping an app that actually has cross-platform code, Kotlin code in it, would be a measure of that success. Uh-oh. I feel like you're going to try to combine all of your goals into one thing, which, <laughs> more power to you if you can. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> would be a n- nice bonus. Yeah. Uh, one thing I am going to do, and this is not really a goal, but... It does kind of relate to some of my goals. Is I'll be taking an improv class this year. I already took I took one uh, about five years ago now, and so this is kind of a refresher for me. But that's that's going to be entertaining. It'll be fun. Well, yes. And on that note, that's all the time we have <laughs> left today. <laughs> so why don't you tell us where we can find you guys on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at aj robinson. You can find me at, at Sam Corder. I'm at Alex Argo, and the podcast is at Shared Inst. Uh, join us in our Slack again by going to chat.sharedinst.com. Uh, give us a favorite or whatever it's called, an overcast, because uh, that's probably where you're listening to this. Um, and we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Happy New Year.